This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast, coming back to you live, live on YouTube. You can see our beautiful faces. You can call into the show right here, 703-879-4844. Call in. The line is open. I am monitoring said line. Should be a fun time. Should be a fun show. John, how are you doing, my friend? How, how, how was your week? Well, I was better. I thought we had a magical plan to lock the phone lines for 30 minutes until I got to say oh. all of my really deep insights. But we can uh, we can call an audible here if we need to. Uh, otherwise, I got to watch a lot of losses uh, in soccer. So if that's fun, I did that a lot. <laughs> I got to watch, uh, what was it, like three losses and a draw. I got a draw out of, uh, out of my Richmond kickers, even though they were up to nothing in the... Uh, in the first half. So just, just disappointing soccer all around this weekend. I think, um, I, I don't, I, I don't know, man, let's, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk, let's talk DC. Let's, uh, let's talk, let's talk DC United. Let's talk this game. DC United going into going to the game against the team right now at the bottom of the Western conference. I think they're right there at the bottom, at the bottom of the league. They probably would be the worst team in the league if it weren't for FC Cincinnati. Um, DC United goes out on the road, long travel date, um, no charter flight for this one, which, uh, Wayne Rooney, we might get into that. <laughs> we might, <laughs> that we, might be, that might be an issue might, that we talk about. Might be a discussion about a certain player, uh, who's talking about the charter flights and everything like that. Um, so the, you come to this game thinking that, you know, out, out the win, you got more options, healthy Ben Olsen used all of his subs in this game, by the way, and Before probably the 75th minute What's that. All the, and all the, the 75th, 75th minute. minute, after using no subs, he uses all the subs. Uh, Luciano Acosta on the bench again, uh, playing sort of a, it was kind of like a 4-4-2 with, I mean, that's the way it looked on, on, on I guess, paper, how it was written out. We had Ariola and Rooney starting up top, and then kind of a empty bucket, you know, Moreno and uh, Felipe with uh, Rodriguez and Segura left and right, and then, you know, your normal four-back line. Um, game sort of got going. Ariola gets a really nice chance. Um, I think it was very, very early in the game. Uh, he puts that away. Maybe we're talking about a completely different game. Um, but it was a nice save from the, from the Whitecaps goalkeeper, um, on that one, but, uh, great opportunity. And, and, uh, then I think it was about 17th minute, 18th minute, somewhere around there. Um, Felipe gets beat, uh, turned around. He got, he, uh, pretty lame for, for what we paid for him. I thought it was a pretty lame defensive opportunity um Jordi Reyna gets the ball slots it in goal first goal one nothing uh Vancouver and you're kind of thinking oh here we go again um I was not feeling good at, at that moment I was not feeling good about this game um I don't know how you were feeling John but let's start out give me give me your thoughts on what you saw out of that game up to that point um yeah I thought we started pretty well um Ariola had a chance once again he and he said it on multiple occasions where he says, you know, my problem this year is I don't finish. Um, and he didn't again. Devin McTavish called him out on it right away. He's like, you got to go cross goal on that. You cannot go near post when they when the when the goalie is positioned the way he was positioned. So that was a bad start uh, from that respect. But they were overall really putting the putting them to the screws early on. Um, the goal that occurred, Bill Hamid very clearly indicates that he was on site. He was, you know, on sighted for the goal. He couldn't see it either screened because of um, hit the players that were in front of him or or whatever. Uh, he seemed to he seemed to indicate that there was no chance uh, that there's no. <laughs> sorry, I was distracted by someone in the chat saying I have creepy eyes. Um, <laughs> I hope I hope I don't have creepy eyes. <laughs> I'll have to ask my friends. Um, I'll change the lighting. Um, yeah, so that was, that was an unfortunate situation to start with, but I, I, I will admit that my head dropped pretty quick. I did assume that we were in trouble, even though it was against a Vancouver team that sits towards the bottom of, is it at the bottom or towards the bottom of the, of the Western conference? Is it the bottom? I think it might be the bottom. 
Yeah, they are the bottom. They're the bottom. They're the absolute worst team in the Western Conference. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, they didn't. Uh, I mean, so this. So let's talk about this. So I think. I think overall, if you were looking at our Twitter, which if you're watching the show, you probably were watching the Twitter, because you guys are you guys are you know fans in multi directions, which I appreciate. Um, I think I think Ted was generally happy with the first half as far as chance creation. I, I'll let you. I'll let you speak to that. Well, I just I, the the it, we've seen this team play so many times. Just even the game against uh, against LA, they didn't really generate any chances. It was more just they got a couple lucky breakaways and they they capitalized on those opportunities. This was almost the reverse problem, in my opinion. They were they were making passes. You know, you had the aerial opportunity right to open up the game. Um, I'm pretty sure. I think Felipe generated an opportunity with uh, with Rodriguez at one point. Um, so I, I saw a team that was at the very least they were starting to connect passes and open up spaces, and that was refreshing to see in the first half because we haven't seen that um, at all in a long time, uh, in a very 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 long time. Um, so I was encouraged by that. Um, I thought they had the better of play and probably deserved a goal, at least a goal out of it, uh, to walk away with a point. Um, it, Vancouver straight up stole three points from this game. I, I don't think there's any stre- any way you can stretch it. The, the chances they got were breakaways because DC United was pressed up um, and they were pushed up. Um, DC United was the team methodically working the ball and actually being relatively successful in that. Now, were there you know, a whole bunch of chances was the finishing great. No, when you take 24 shots and have two on target, that's not great. Uh, but I was at least encouraged because we, we've we seen this team generate, you know, three, four shots in a half the, through this rut. And maybe one of those is on target. We've seen them generate maybe five shots. Maybe a couple are on target. Um, but they generated, I thought, some some pretty high-quality changes. I'd be curious to look at the expected goals. It might be a little lower than than what I think, but I, I would I would guess that DC United had a higher expected goals uh, than Vancouver in this game. Um, by no means was this a perfect offensive performance, but it was at least better, and it showed that there is some hope if they can get guys like Kamara, if they can you know keep Acosta bought in, that maybe there's there's something here um, in this game. Now, again, it's against the worst team, and you don't capitalize your chances against the worst team. Uh, you don't really have anything to 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 really celebrate in this game. Um, but I will say that's sort of my silver lining, so to speak, from this game. Okay, so I will say that uh, the the, the twenty four shots, the two uh, on on frame, are indicative of the style in which Vancouver played the game after the first half. Uh, the pressure in the midfield was not as aggressive as it is on a team that's looking to actually play or looking to actually do anything other than counter. Um, they allowed crosses all day long, 29 crosses. Um, the fact that they weren't on goal means that they were they were limiting them to to what I would deem to be low percentage opportunities. I'm I can't find the XG. If you can find it while I'm talking, that would be that would be great. I can't I can't find it. Um, but so yes, I think they were they were putting together passes in the midfield. I think because they were being allowed to do so. I think that that fell into Vancouver's game plan. So they should have been able to do that. They should they should have been able to do what Vancouver allowed them to do as a Vancouver being a horrible team. The problem that you you find there is in that situation, in a in a situation where, and even if they hadn't scored, if it was 0-0 and Vancouver was still fine for a draw, they would have had the same problem. They would have been set up the same way. And D.C., this year, in 2018, Rooney and Acosta could break down a bunkered team and they'd score a goal, and that would, that would blow up that game plan. At, at this point, it doesn't work. We don't, have a, we don't have an individual game breaker. If you look at, for instance... To, to pull a Chelsea analysis from 2018, they knew no matter what the team did, Hazard could create a goal out of nothing, and he would. And the offense revolved around that sort of, you know, freak occurrence, like relying on the freak occurrence versus having a buildup that netted you goals. This team still, I would say, the creative buildup is not consistent. I think it still relies on some moments of magic. And you saw today that this team, as currently constructed, cannot break down a low block condensed defense of a team that is just playing to to just survive um and that's a problem 
in, I mean, you got to be able to figure that out, right? Like that's I, in the playoffs. That's certainly something to think about. But when you when you're a team that's going to play bad teams away from home or on the road, like that's going to happen. You've got to figure out what you're going to do with it. And they haven't figured it out. And we're 22 games or what, whatever the hell we are in. More than that, probably. Um, that's I think that's a problem. I think that's a I don't know if it's a talent problem. I don't know if it's a tactical problem, but it is a challenge. And Vancouver sort of exposed it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't argue with you with the fact that you know this is not a performance to necessarily write home about. It, it's, I just think it's been at least a little bit better than what we saw. Now, is it going to be enough for this team? You know, next, you know, the coming weeks, is this a turnaround game? Right now, no, I can't say that. Um, you know, I think the substitutions they brought in, you know, Kamara, as high as I've been touting him. Uh, didn't really add a whole lot to the game. Um, you have uh, Acosta, I thought, played maybe okay, but certainly not up to the level uh, that we've seen him. Um, and, you know, then there's also, um, I thought, uh, um, Boateng really didn't show much either. So, you know, these new faces they've brought in, um, we're not really seeing them sort of elevate this team like like we needed to. Um, and that's very concerning. Um, that's extremely, extremely, extremely concerning. Um and uh, I guess the only like the only notable thing, and maybe we have to thank Wayne Rooney because like there was like very little interesting, I guess, that happened in this game other than just you know defensive soccer from Vancouver with one strike. Um, but the uh, um, the moment I guess in the match, really of the match, was when Wayne Rooney comes over on a hot mic after being subbed. And says uh, every bleeping game, every bleeping game, uh, to the to the fourth official, to the referee. Um, I don't know if he will get any sort of suspension, any sort of, um, you know, anything will come his way for that because that was a hot mic, and he's complaining about referees. Um, I'd be very curious to see if there's any type of of, of <clears throat> sort of fine of any sort. Um, but uh, I don't know. Do, do you really think that was a poorly refereed game? I, I don't remember, I guess, anything that really stuck out to me as this being kind of a poorly refereed game. Maybe it's just the fact that DC just looks so poor. And we have a call coming in, um, so I guess we'll answer it. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to RFQ Refugees. How can we help you? Uh, hey, so this is Gregory Couch. Hey, what's up? So. Hey, Gregory. Hey, Greg, what's going on? What's on your mind? So my question is, this team we played way better with Rooney out than with Rooney in for some reason. And, and, and even thinking back to the LAFC game, somehow, which was several months ago now, somehow it seemed like we played better when after Rooney got sent off, even though we only had 10 men. So my question is, I know it seems sacrilegious to suggest it, but should Rooney be benched at this point? Or, I don't know. It seems like it just doesn't fit in with our style, or it's, I don't know what it is, but it's like we play better when he's not in the game. Yeah, I think I, I, I think that probably, I think you probably need to keep him on the field just from a talent perspective. But I do, I, I agree that if you look at the performance the week prior uh, and looking sort of what this sort of like scrappy, you know, not necessarily B team for DC United, but large components of the B team players that had not gotten a lot of run were able to do. I think the LAFC example, I think that we were down, I believe at that point, three, nothing, maybe three, one. Uh, and at that point, I think LAFC may have taken the foot off the pedal a little bit and allowed DC to have a little more space. But I think it's, it's really dependent on what the players do around him. What, what sort of mood he is in. I think that it is Quincy definitely displayed a different, skill set that we may be able to take advantage of. Maybe it's more of a, uh, that sort of hold up play, that sort of aggressive making runs in the box, not sort of, um, what Wayne's doing now is he gets the ball above the 18. He makes a pass. He's not trying to run behind people. It's a give and go. It's, it's passing triangles. It's not a, it's not a traditional speed or a big forward at this point. It's something different. Um, so maybe that, maybe that we're better suited for that. And maybe when Wayne leaves, I'm not, you know, I haven't seen enough of Ola Kamara recently to to figure out what he's going to bring. I think he's more of a Quincy than a Wayne of those two sort of those two sort of skill sets. Um, you know, putting aside that 
uh, Ola scored a lot more goals in Quincy. Um, but I think there is something to that. Maybe that the the rest of the talent on this team needs a forward like that. Maybe that's what this team needs to be built around. And I think you talked about the different roles that he's uh, that he's sort of playing. I I when I see him play up top, I don't see him going into um, uh, going into going to games and and being a a target player or a guy who puts his foot on the ball and puts it in the back and then I see him drop, dropping back a lot. And uh, that I think has sort of been the uh, has sort of been uh, a problem I think this season because you haven't had the attacking power to really support him or the or the connections. So he's dropping back a lot. He's having to create a lot of plays, which is why I'm almost wondering when we get to a certain point where Kamara has enough fitness to start a game, do you maybe see Olsen try to slot? Kamara and Rooney sort of up top, and then Kamara can make those runs, make those passes, because that's what he is. He's a goal scorer. He's gonna put. He's gonna. He is going to get the ball on his foot and put it in the back of the net. Um, and Rooney is sometimes that when you know when the opportunity's right, but he's not gonna not a hundred percent that. Um, so I'm almost thinking if you drop him back, then he can kind of be that sort of maestro in in the middle, even as a false nine and sort of direct uh, passes and traffic, like we saw in the All Star game, uh, which he was very effective at that with players he had never really played with. So um, I'm thinking that might be the future, uh, This at least for these last few games. The question is going to be is whether how quickly Kamara can get up to match fitness. Um, I think that's going to determine whether that happens. Yeah, okay. yep, thanks. thanks for the call, Gray. We're going to open up the lines again, but thanks for your call. We really appreciate it. I think two. I think another thing we might we might see is uh, two forwards, not necessarily with Rooney as a withdrawn forward. You know, we've we've been so wedded, or Ben has been so wedded to the two defensive midfielders thing, and even even in a situation where there was no defensive midfielders left in the roster, they had to find one mid midweek by trade, and then put a right back in defensive mid. He's obviously not going to get rid of it. But I think in a universe where you do and only play one defensive midfielder, it would be interesting to see what kind of a relationship he can get with another dedicated forward up there. I still think Rooney would be the pivot point, but then there'd be someone else that's there for crosses, for instance. If you have the current situation where you have Acosta as the withdrawn forward in some in some capacities, although he wins headers, he won one against Montreal and almost <laughs> scored a header. He so, won he won one against, in this game. He was left uh, wide open. Yeah, Pickle, he so. was left wide so, open. <laughs> So yeah, I mean they they apparently did not see the Orlando goal and see that he has mad ups. I don't I don't know what to tell him, but <laughs> I think that's something that would be exciting. We won't do it, you know. For for all for all of Benny's strengths and weaknesses, tactically, I don't. I, I think the defense the two defensive midfielder thing is a thing that will not that that's gonna go. That, that will be until the day he dies. That's in there. Well, and I, and I'm not really I'm not really suggesting that that's the route that Ben Olsen goes. Um, what I'm more suggesting is you're sort of going to change up a little bit about how DC and I play. Well, really where, you know, Rooney is occupying Acosta's role, which puts him a little bit further back um, where he's going to be allowed to make passes. Now you're going to have to have the winger, the wing players, either Rodriguez or Areola or Rodriguez and Segura or Areola and Segura. You're going to have those players certainly get involved a lot more if you switch to that type of, um, that type of formation, but I, that's more what I'm thinking is going to happen. And I think that was what we saw with him playing sort of Areola in that sort of creative role was sort of priming everything for when, um, for when Kamara is up to fitness. Um, so that's to be something I guess I'll be looking for on Wednesday, whether I don't think Kamara is probably going to start. He might, uh, and you know, D, you know, also might be looking to rest some legs, um, you know, with a, with the, with a Wednesday sort of midweek game. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and, and say probably we're going to see either something similar to what we saw um, or possibly Acosta starting. Um, and we have a, another call coming in, uh, so we will pause that and we will get right into that. Hello, welcome to RFQ Refugees. How can we help you? Oop. And they're gone. So <laughs> It was a Honolulu car dealership. Yeah, it might have been a Honolulu, uh, Honolulu car dealership, um, which apparently like our number got associated with that. Um, don't know how, don't really know, but let's not give, let's not talk about it and give anyone else any ideas about <laughs> anything. So let's, uh, while we wait for another phone call from, uh, Waikiki, uh, Mazda. So let's talk about Wayne Rooney. So Wayne Rooney goes, goes a little ham, uh, in his, uh, after a substitution, I don't think he'll get fined. It was, I think it was innocuous. The hot mic wasn't his fault. Um, 
But then after the fact, he uh, tweets the first sort of the first time. If you've been following Wayne Rooney for a while, he used to tweet some wild stuff when he was when he was much younger and Twitter was much more, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And it's nascency. He used to talk about beating up. Uh, what's the what's the stupid English uh, journalist guy? Oh, um, shoot. Uh, Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. Yes. Basically said he was going to beat up Piers Morgan. One time he said he was going to pick up Rio Ferdinand and take him to training. So uh, he used to use Twitter and was a lot more funny than he is now. Now he's just like a brand guy, and I think it's being managed externally. However, it's changed now. Uh, Wayne Rooney on his, I assume, at the airport waiting for his 12-hour flight uh, back to D.C., uh, where, uh, you know, I'm sure that they were very excited about I, 12 hours sounds like not direct. So it sounds like there was a connection. No, in play, I think they connected is, in like Seattle or something like which that. Which is crazy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he was basically, you want to read the tweet? You have it in front of you? I do not have it in front of me. Sorry. I'm trying to get more people into the show because we're, we're having very quiet chat night. Um, I'm seeing like maybe three or four people in this chat. Don't yell at them. So we don't, need some more. I'm just saying don't. we need some more. I'm I'm not yelling <laughs> at people. I'm inspiring people to to get involved in the show. By yelling at them. By Wayne not Rudy yelling said, at them. I am inspiring them. It's inspire, inspiration. <laughs> uh, Wayne Rooney said, gutted about result last night. We deserve more. Looking forward to a 12-hour travel day, which could be done in six. But hey, this is MLS. We will get ready for Red Bulls on Wednesday. Hashtag charter flights. Hashtag MSL. Okay. Why is this interesting and funny? It's interesting <laughs> because Wayne is the guy that put in his two weeks notice and he's going to another job that he likes better. And now he's free to say whatever he wants to whoever he wants about whatever he wants. And if you've been following this team at all, you will have seen that Wayne Rooney has uh, no love lost for the officiating uh, in MLS. Now, as someone pointed out on Twitter, I'm sure the refs at the championship will be amazing. There will be no problems there. So that's no. great. But no problems at all. That aside, uh, what else is he going to talk about? The fact that they that so now, if you know, if you follow these arcane rules, which some of you do, most of you don't, uh, the team is allowed two charters per season. They the team has to pay for those, but from a competitive balance perspective, each team is only allowed two. Uh, whereas Atlanta has enough money that they could they could take the they could take the Concord out of mothballs, use that exclusively. They would have so much money to get Elon Musk to build them a plane, and then they but they wouldn't allow to do that. They're only allowed to do two charters uh, a season. So Wayne brought up a good point, basically saying, "This is the longest flight we're going to have. We have two more games in seven in seven days. Might have been a good idea to do this then. And instead, now we have to take a connection to Seattle or wherever it was." Go ahead. You, I mean, this is this is this could get crazy. He, I, I don't know. I think he's not going to say a lot more. I think that he'll probably be pretty tame. But I'm ready for him not to be. I think there are things that he can call out that need to be called out. And I think it's very cool that he's not calling them out for his necessarily his own benefit. I call them a a class trader on Twitter, which is a compliment in my perspective. He's got all the money. He's got nothing left to lose. He's out of here. He's in a try to talk about things that he cares about that could make things better for the league and for his teammates. So, so if, keep on. if we are, if we are talking about the, the nature of, of utilize, of using the charter flight as part of their, one of their two charters, let's say um, for that Vancouver game, I guess on one side, maybe that makes sense. I don't know whether, you know, maybe you hold on to something like that. Uh, for say when this team gets to the playoffs, because the playoffs is going to be an absolutely condensed um, run. It's going to be a absolutely a a shot. Even if DC gets a home game, they're going to be probably looking at traveling if they make it further in the rounds. So my argument would be the playoffs are what's important. The playoffs are what's ma- are what really matters. Why not save maybe those charters for those playoff games? Um, that would be sort of the only argument I guess against um, against using that. Uh, that the one of the two charter flights they can use. Now, if we're talking from a overall perspective, should MLS teams have charter flights? 100% yes. It's time for the league to grow up. And this is going to be, I think, one of the talking point. I am fully predicting that next season there will be some form of work stoppage in Major League Soccer. I think the players are fed up with the traveling situation. I think the players are fed up with somehow the owner, some owners are willing to do it. I don't know if DC falls in that category. Some days I think they probably are. Some days I don't think they are. Um, you know, I don't know if DC falls into the into the cheap ownership category. You know, I'm certain the crafts do. You know, I'm certain 
you know, the Minnesota owners do, uh, possibly even the Orlando owners do. But I think the players are fed up. They've had enough. They're already making sort of plans to house players who might not be able to afford being without work or to pay them an in some sort of income to get them by. I think we are heading for a work stoppage in Major League Soccer. And I think, it, you know, will it, you know, kill the momentum that the league has or the league is growing? Maybe. Uh, yeah, at this point, I mean, at this point, soccer, I think the players can feel comfortable that there will be a league for them um, coming up. And every single league has sort of had this sort of moment, I guess, where there's a huge strike. The NFL's had it. The MLB's had it. The NHL's had it. I think we're well past uh, MLS um, having it. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be a, it's going to be a interesting and awful because CBA negotiations are always any type you have a collective bargaining agreement with a union and a players union. It's always awful because it takes up all the soccer news cycle. And it's, it's very, I don't know what's the word for it, but it's just very like depressing because you're thinking you might not have a season. So yeah. Yeah. I think the difference too, they have to realize their power here. The difference between NFL, MLB, NBA to a lesser extent, but those two major, where else are you going to go? Yeah. I mean, you can, go, you can go play in Asia and baseball. You can go play in, in uh, South America potentially, but there aren't opportunities there. Now, you know, the broad majority of MLS would not get a comparable paycheck in another league should the league shut down. Some of them will. I would say 25 to 30% would, would follow the Rod Dichenko route and go play for uh, Sriracha FC uh, in Vietnam. I think that's actually a team. I don't think I'm being racist. Well, I'm pretty sure that exists. Here, here's um, here, here's what I'm imagining. Here's what I'm imagining. I'm imagining Rocco Camiso and the guy that owns uh, Miami FC, like literally going out and saying, come play for us if the work stoppage ends, but come on and play for the New York Cosmos and the MPL, MPSL Pro or whatever division. Or like we, I will, Rocco Camiso and, and the guy, I can't remember the guy who owns the Miami, like Miami FC team. Like they might just like prop up a bunch of like teams and just throw a bunch of money at it to see if they can just like completely say, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I would not put it past them. To do something yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't care. I'm, I'm down. I'm I, anything can happen. I don't. I don't care. There was a time I think I don't. I was such a big nerd. Like a few years ago, I was I was an MLS fan. I was like, I really want the league to do well, and I really care about. I don't care anymore. I care about DC United and the players on it. And if a work stoppage were to happen, okay, there's other soccer to watch. It'll get it'll get sorted out eventually. And uh, players need to get theirs. I think I think it's it's quite obvious, particularly there's. Charters are a no-brainer. Bringing up the bringing up the, the minimum salary is a no-brainer to me. Um, adding potentially on teams that want to spend more, open up, open that up, make it more exciting to bring in more of those players. Would DC be put at a competitive disadvantage having maybe doing that? Maybe, but then that's where you say, all right, well then we need to uh, get more better ownership. <laughs> I mean, you got to you got to get, get better guns and, a, and an arms race. You got to get better guns. Um, so that's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and and I would I would sort of agree with you 100%. I think it's we all kind of thought the league was still young, and I think the owners kind of use that, you know, oh, we're still growing and something like that. I mean, the per the purses are opened up with a lot of these owners. A lot of these owners are spending millions and millions of dollars. The uh, the Gam and Tam negotiations are going in and out, um, and uh, the the Gam and Tam trades are out are out there now. We know how much money roughly is flowing in between these league in between this league. So it's all there. So I, I personally think that, yes, and we have another caller, so I'm going to jump right in, get another caller on the show. 571, welcome to RF Refugees. How can we help you? Hey, my name's Matt, and I'm calling to talk some Washington Spirit. Okay, Matt, jump right in, my friend. Matt and I went to the Spirit game earlier this year. Matt is a friend of mine. Full disclosure. Hey, guys, <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Talk it up, man. So tell me, tell me about the – how the spirit or tell me about the spirit slide that they're experiencing ever since I started paying attention to them. <laughs> they're experiencing a huge slide right now. Um, they were, they started for one and one. Uh, they're down to six, seven, and three. Uh, they've got three must win games coming up against Utah, Orlando, and they play Orlando twice in a row. Orlando's last in the league and uh, Utah's lost two in a row, but they're six out from a playoff spot. And after those three games, it starts to get tough, so uh, we'll see what they can do. They lost Orlando already this year, right? Um, I believe they did. One of the first post-World Cup games, they came they, down and lost. 
Yeah, it was four to three in Florida. So uh, one of the games is going to be at Audi, and then they play the next week in Orlando. But Orlando's very underperforming this year. That has to be six points right there. Yeah, and six points puts them tied with Utah. They do also have a game in hand, uh, assuming Utah doesn't win any more games. But who knows what happens there? Uh, I guess what what's sort of been the reason? I think I was I remember I was watching a broadcast and it's like, well, you know, you, you haven't had Mallory Pugh and Rose Lavelle sort of on this team playing consistently. Has that been it, or has there been other sort of reasons? I guess for this sort of slide or, or malaise with the team. Um, I would say other reasons. Um, Lavelle did start last game. Pugh's out with a hip. Um, the back line is usually three out of four rookies. You know, three out of four on the line are rookies, sometimes all four. Uh, they had a midfielder in the back line because of injuries last game. Um, but my, I think the Spirit's problem is the spirit is the problem they have every year. is They can run at defenders well, but they don't have someone that can go into the box, play with their back to goal, and mix it up in the box. All they can do is run, and they can finish. But, uh, you know, if teams want to take that away, they're not going to score goals, and that's been showing the last couple games. The defense is fine. I mean, 1-0 loss, 1-0 loss. And well, the last Portland game was 3-1, to but that usually happens to everyone that goes to Portland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, the, Portland, the Portland game seems sort of like a, a you know, a fait accompli there when, when we saw that, that, I mean, when we knew they were going there. Uh, Andy Sullivan's goal was nasty and certainly got a lot of attention. I think that was cool. Um, yeah, can you talk about all the week. Yeah, probably it should be. And if this was MLS, that whatever team was in Orlando would get all the the, the votes, or whoever, <laughs> no, whoever whatever team is not in DC that has people that aren't stuffing ballots. But um, did you? Uh, I, I heard a lot of complaining about officiating uh, for the Portland game. Where do you think those were? Uh, did you happen to watch the game? And if you did, were those complaints legitimate? I did, and um, I would say yes. Usually the complaints you hear from NWSL are legit because uh, <laughs> the, the refereeing is it's always hit or miss and the miss is miss, is, miss real bad um, yeah uh, I don't know what the problem is but you know the rest come in and you just don't know what's going to happen the tone of the game will change and then the players get frustrated and then fouls happen so it's a problem league wide every game in my opinion so they're not using uh, pro referees either, are they? Um, when I say pro referees, no. I mean the yeah. So they're using some other, some other division. Ted may get a call to ref <laughs> one of these games. Is what I'm saying. Uh, not not even U.S. Yeah, soccer would be that stupid. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the details, but um, the league is definitely lacking when it comes to consistency and overall quality of refereeing. Um, you know, occasionally you'll go to a game and you won't talk about the ref, but um, you know, most nights, you know, you're, you got your arms in the air telling the ref to come on. So, and uh, one more thing about spirit. And I think it's important. To, I mean, the, the league is very small. So the team, the, 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 um, the depth is actually pretty good. I think if you look at their, I think if you look at their bench, usually most games, you, you wouldn't be hard pressed. There's a lot of rotation. Those players get in and start games or at least play in a lot of the games. Um, but this team was very, very bad last year, correct? Like just the worst. Um, so the fact that yeah, they're, basement. you know, they overperformed at the beginning of this year, but then, you know, I think that over time when all the stars came back, this is maybe where this team actually is. I think we may, we may be finding what our actual level is this season before this team needs to maybe make some, uh, make some additions. Whereas these other teams are just able to start um, just seemingly illegally loaded lineups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they need a, I would say a definitely reliable goal scorer. They've got holding mid. Um, I like the back line. I don't know about any other complaints. It's a lot of rookies. I think they'll. Um, I think they're we're watching them fizzle out this year, and I think that's going to continue. Chicago's really hot. We have to play them, and um, you know next year with the year year of experience under the belt like Saab and DiBiase and them, I think. Um, they should be competing a little later on in the season next year. 11,000 for the Audi field game uh, coming up so far. They're also doing a very cool promotion where if you go to the game on Wednesday night, they'll give you a free general admission ticket for the spirit game on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. So make it out. If you haven't already, that's if, if there's any reason to do it, that you haven't been motivated to do it before getting a free ticket for the game at Audi field is probably a good one. So make it out, go say hi to Matt. 
he's somewhere in the front row. You can wave at him. <laughs> and you get to see you yeah. you'll get you'll get to see some uh, some good soccer, and you get to see some some World Cup legends out there too. So fun, fun game, fun game for sure. Yep. Um I wish I, I wish. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Thanks Matt, for calling, thank me, Matt. You. Yep. Anytime. I really hope at some point the Washington spirit are able to figure out a way to move into Audi field or to, to, to get somewhere into that stadium on a regular basis. And we, and I, I hope think the they same, will. I, I think I, they will. I hope the same for sky blue sky blue just played a game. I think at, um, at red bull arena. Um, and apparently it was a great crowd and a great atmosphere there. So 9,000 people, yeah. 9,500 people. Yeah. Which I is, think that I think, so I think that, you know, we're two, two game sample size against good component, good opponents. The good thing about NWSL is that the league is so small. Almost all the teams are good opponents. Mm-hmm. There's very few teams where you wouldn't have a, a, a start to sell against, which is why the league is designed the way it is. Um, and the way they move talent around is for that purpose. But 11,000, I think we're probably going to see a walk up crowd a little bit there. If you can get up to 13,000, that's great. If you could, 13,000 is high, and there's going to be two games, probably 13,000 there. If you could settle down to eight or 9,000 average in Audi Field and only opened up the side that was behind the goal for the Spirit Squadron and anybody else that wanted a general mission seat, and then the side that faces the, the cameras are facing, I think you got a, I think you got a pretty good setup. I don't know how much it costs. Uh, and I know, that, for instance, Matt uh, just called. Uh, he would not go to those games. It's a lot of actually easier for him to go to the games and Boyd's, but that is not most people. They have a fan base that's based out of that, but I think the the larger fan base that might come out is probably closer to all you. And, and they do get a good they get a good crowd at those games. Um, I've I've been out there to Boyd's. It's a heck of a, a trip to get out there. Um, and the Spirit Tim, Tim is right. The Spirit do play in Richmond. I think they played a preseason game at Richmond. Um, which I unfortunately could not make, but um, I would. I think uh, they lost also. Yeah, they, I think they, I think they lost whoever they were playing. Yeah, correct. So I mean, they, I think they do a good job, and I'd be very curious to see if they do Richmond again, you know, next season, and they have Rose Lavelle, Mallory, Mallory Pugh, some of those players out there, because um, I'm not sure Rose Lavelle, I'm, Mallory Pugh was certainly big, but Rose Lavelle has sort of elevated the spirit, I think, um, after her world, her World Cup performance. But um, I agree with Matt. I think definitely this is a season where the future is bright. Um, they're going to have, they're going to run up right with the Olympics, but the Olympics is a little bit smaller tournament. Um, so I don't think you're going to have quite, and and there's not going to be, I'm not sure there's going to be like the huge Olympic victory tour, like there is for the world cup victory tour. So hopefully this team can, can be together and, and be consistent. Um, and, and maybe we'll see, and you know, us soccer respect NWSL a little bit more with that, because that's been a very big frustration, I think. And and I guess the what I saw in the Sky Blue game was very encouraging. What I'm seeing in the um, in the uh, in the the Spirit game that's going to be at Audi Field is very encouraging. Encouraging because we're a good month after the World Cup, and what we have seen kind of with these sort of World Cup bumps, so to speak, for NWSL is that they die very quickly. It's like there's a first couple games, everything's great, and then suddenly it's just like bloop. Suddenly they're um, they're down. Yes. And Matt, I did say preseason game for Richmond. It was not a full regular season game. So it was between the courage, I think, and the and the Washington spirit. So I'm hopeful that, you know, they keep pushing these games out here into these stadiums. Um, and hopefully we start to see this league grow and most importantly, be be here next year. So um, I think that's that's Matt, the important thing. <laughs> last spirit point, And please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, spirit aficionados. But it feels to me very much that like that Rose Lavelle's skill set is much more visible when she has really talented players around her. She's a connector. She is a she's a player that puts people in good positions to be able to succeed. But there have been opportunity there have been situations where the players have not been good enough around her. And because of that, this the the you know, what you saw at the World Cup is not able to be replicated. I watched the ICC games, the North Carolina Courage were playing in the final I I don't know if it was Man City women or Lyon. I forget. But both teams moved the ball so well um, the entire game. Uh, and the Spirit aren't there at this exact moment. I think that they're, we talked about the rookie back line. I think that they will be better next year. I think that they have very, I think they have lacking forward depth. Um, I think that Mallory Pugh is another is a is another these are all pieces. Mallory Pugh is a good piece that requires a great finisher at the end for crosses and at the end of sort of her 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 one her uh you know one two plays. And Rose Lavelle needs other midfielders that are making overlapping runs, other players around them to finish. They're they're chance creators, but there's no chance finishers. And I think Matt was alluding to that. And I hope they remedy that next year. Um 
and so, so they can actually compete. Because I feel like the the top class of this league is it's not close. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like North North Carolina is seems is playing on cheat codes because they they their team is outstanding. Yeah, top to bottom. Yeah, agree. Agree, and uh, I think yeah, I think this is a team for next season. I think we still kind of knew that going into this year. Um, the team, of course, made that run to the championship, and things got blown up. I hope that doesn't happen. I guess my biggest worry is, you know, just how quickly things changed. Um, like we all thought after, I mean, I thought after the um, the uh, Spirit, uh, I think it was Spirit Western New York Flash, I think in the final. Uh, that one year they actually made a really big run. I think we all thought, well, hey, we're coming back next year. We're going to be better than ever. And then, boop, you know, Crystal Dunn's gone. Uh, Allie Krieger was gone. Ashlyn Harris was gone. And suddenly it was like the team was starting over. And um, now we're starting to see that build, you know, start to come in with Mallory Pugh, Rose Lavelle, um, Shayna Williams, players like that. And my hope is that it doesn't suddenly then all those players either get want to leave or want to move on or want to go somewhere else that all that kind of just goes away. Um, it's going to happen again. The expansion that is coming yeah. will do the same thing. That's the problem with a nine team league where all these teams are really pretty stacked. Um, that's going to happen. So yeah. we, we just got to prepare. And also uh, other than I think Tori, Tori Huster, or oh, I think it's Huster um, on, on spirit has played the entire, her entire career with that team. That is unheard of yeah. in this league and the, and the predecessor. There's no player movement. is just constant. Um, so I, I think it's just one of those things you gotta, you just gotta deal with, with, uh, with this league. And, and an interesting story coming out, speaking of expansion is that Louisville apparently is the leading expansion candidate, um, for, uh, for the NWSL, which I think is, is fantastic. Um, and I hope right size stadium, uh, right yeah. size market. Yeah. And I think Agreed. that's, and I, obviously I want, you know, this isn't us saying, oh, they should, you know, focus on smaller markets. But I think this is very much what MLS did uh, when they were sort of starting on expansion. Uh, they, you know, were struggling finding teams. Uh, so Salt Lake wants to come in. They're not necessarily a big market, but it's an area where there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of competition that you can sort of get a foothold and grow. Um, and I think that may be what NWSL does. Um, obviously, I hope the LAFC owners step up and put a team in LA. Yep. Um, I think that would be uh, pretty much for me. I think that would be uh, a, a really important thing to happen um, is to have that team in LA. And certainly LAFC has the ability to do so. They've got like 30 different owners. I think you can, you know, pull two, a couple of them away to, to go focus on building that team. Also Mia Ham being one of the owners as well. Um, I think it should happen. So uh, this isn't me saying, I don't think any of the other stuff should be in big markets. I'm just saying it's nice to hear about sort of, smaller markets that maybe can sort of keep get get the get the league on sort of a solid footing um so you're not having teams you know fold and leave you know like like has been happening the west new york flash won the championship and then the team literally said oh we're going to utah the next year i think it was um you know fc kansas city despite having great support for sporting kansas city wouldn't show up for for their games and they moved so yeah that's the that's the that's the uh cautionary tale i think yeah. I, I wouldn't call kansas city a small market but it's not a large market either it's a medium-sized market correct so louisville smaller than kansas city i i think they, if you were to ask them now they would regret they would regret regret the lack of support that they showed that team and wish they were back so and it might be um, a situation where they come back you know they might re get a team we've seen that happen with Teams fall away. Everybody's like, "Oh darn!" You know, we really wish we still had that, and then they come back, and 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 uh, things. Uh, Boston Breakers, Boston Breakers, another another one like that as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I mean, it just needs the right ownership, the right commitment, uh, the 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 marketing, the willing to get out there to to be a part of the community. And I think the Spirit have done a really good job with that. Um, they've done a really good job of sort of you know ingraining themselves in that Boyd's Mar Boyd's Mailand area and and bring people out to watch their games so that they've had a really good success there so i can see why they don't want to leave necessarily for Audi Field but um i think it's something that i kind of hope happens because it means that the sport is growing that they've sort of outgrown um they've outgrown uh uh the Maryland Soccerplex i should say Boyd's Boyd's what's uh, <laughs> uh i got some chat questions over yes, here that we fire away. get to um who should we get to replace Rooney which is a good question. I think that there that there are there have some been some names that have come up. Well, uh, I would argue Ben Olsen Ben Olsen say we already have the replacement for Rain Rooney and his name's Ola Kamara, or we have the replacement ben for Luis Casa and his quit. name is Lucas Rodriguez. Get the f out of here, Ben Olsen, <laughs> with that with that malarkey. Um, Daniel Sturridge was one uh, potential candidate. Uh, apparently, he has offers from twelve teams. Yeah, I think he's landed in Turkey. I think that's I think that's where he ended up. I think in Trabzonspor. Um, 
Mesut Ozil, who still is not in the 18 at Arsenal, still dealing with, if you haven't been following that, wild story. Him and uh, Saeed Kolasinic uh, were carjacked by dudes on motorcycles with knives. And Saeed fought the bikers off barehanded and the guys and the guys on the motorcycles ran away, I believe, or there was a chase that ensued. Anyway, uh, the downside with keeping it real and fighting the guys with knives, other than it being very cool at the, at the moment, unfortunately, these guys were ganged up and they uh, did not take it lightly that that video of this got sort of put up. Gangs don't really like to be looked at as, you know, being wusses or whatever. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, those two players have not been able to. Kolasinic, I believe, was in the A team this weekend, um, but his wife moved back to Germany. She's like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. There were people <laughs> outside of Mesut Ozil's house that they arrested. So, just like, just like all the players in Argentina that run away from either, you know, crazy fans or teams not paying their uh, players, MLS stands at the ready for the checks that always cash and the fans that care but they don't care that much they're not that mad uh so mesut ozil is that, does that move make sense to you uh i would personally say it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense from the way the team is crafted and the way that the, the players around him uh just how his career has sort of uh, i don't want to say declined but plateaued but declined is maybe fair um from his time uh at real madrid to to arsenal he's not a two-way player at all that's like the most understating of fact ever that he's not a two-way player does not defense he does not defense uh and he does not always get up for games and when you play a pay a player he's one of the highest paid players in the world i believe top 10 uh so he won't be getting that at dc but he won't he'll be he'll blow up the wage structure pretty well i don't think this team can afford to have a player like that they obviously want a name to replace rooney but what they need is a name that also wants to play and is still hungry so i think that ben ben alluded to Maybe we hire, you know, sign somebody in South America. We sign another young and up and coming player. We try to find another Almarone instead of a, a Ozil. I think this fan base would be okay with that, mm-hmm. as long as they win. If they try that and they fail, then you fail at the box office. Then you fail in the field. And that's, bad and that's the important part is that this team just needs to go out there and win. And if it if it happens with signing Mesut Ozil, great. Not only do you have a player who can win, but also a player who's gonna who's gonna bring fans in. And and if they think that's the route to go, by all means, go after that route. But don't don't have that be your primary primary objective to get another player of Wayne Rooney, Mesut Ozil. If you do not think he will fit in, because there were a lot a lot of people who doubted when Wayne. Remember when we, we were signing him? We were all like, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy to think about a little bit, but you know, you uh, you and me were like, yeah, great, let's do it. We need something, and everybody else was like, you know, you had Sebi Salazar being like, oh, I don't I don't like this move. There's no way he's going to work out. Look at how bad he is, and, and a lot of the other people were like, look how bad he is in England. No way it's going to work out. He's not a 90 minute player. He came in, he showed up, he played well. And that is why we are in the situation we are in um, with how with how well he played and how well he showed up, um, how well he showed up in this game for this team and, and and why we're talking about him right now as being such a huge loss. If he came in and stunk it up, uh, you can best believe that we would not be talking. We'd be talking about him just like we're talking about, you know, we talk about Frank Lampard. Um, and how he just didn't, or Steven Gerrard, as much as I love Steven Gerrard for Liverpool, he was absolutely terrible and did not have a good attitude coming into to MLS. Um, so that that's what you need. You need a player who's not just going to be a big name, but who's going to show up and win you games. Because that's you can get away with having a bad sort of Euros, European star player, but you only do it for maybe a couple games, and then people aren't even going to show up to see that because, oh, God, you're, it's like watching like an aging star just kind of like not play well, and it's it's terrible to watch. Um, so that's my biggest thing is if, if they if that if they think Mezzodozio can be a good player, go get him by all means. I would I will buy a Mezzodozio jersey as my next jersey if if you go and make that move. I would love that move. But if you also bring in say a young South American talent who lights it up like we saw Acosta do in certain places, who lights it up like we saw Yamil Assad do, then if that's the route you want to go and that's what you want to be, um, by all means do that. And if that can you know help grow you to where you can then sell those players on and then bring in more talent, you can build up your academy, you can have guys like Griffin Yao coming in, 
uh, go that route too, because I'm very, I, I think the team may be holding back a little bit and waiting to see what the new structure is going to be under the new CBA, because that could change. If, if, if the salary cap gets blown up and, 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 you know, the amount of designated players, you you can get five designated players. Uh, you know, we're not so sure the ownership's willing to step in and spend that type of money. But if they can find another way to win, by all means, go for it. Um, They'll just stop using Gam and Tam and all the players that should be, that are over the threshold will now become DPs and we will get no new players. I think <laughs> I think it's the, the funny money that enables you to buy down people will be removed, I think is the, the deal there. Um, uh, and a comment from Jonathan on the, on the Twitter on the uh, chat. If we get Ozil, maybe season ticket holders can get free coffee as our season gift last year. <laughs> that is a good joke. Also, because that would have cost about as much as the gift we did actually end yeah. up getting. Uh, quick five-minute diversion, less than that. I got a call from my season ticket rep today about next year. Some of this information will be of no surprise if you were on the Reddits or elsewhere. Uh, tickets will be flat next year for existing season ticket holders potentially up to two years. He mentioned that basically I could lock down my price. I've heard otherwise that it's just two years flat. Uh, new season ticket holders will have an adjusted rate. Uh, I asked about the meet the team day. I said, uh, is Wayne Rooney going to be there? Basically is what I said. And he said, as of right now, yes, that is true. Uh, also, for those of you holding out a fam balance, uh, apparently you'll be able to buy fast passes like at Disney World uh, for him with that. So uh, you all know my story of my too small Wayne Rooney jersey that I'd never gotten to wear. I will pay whatever it takes to get that stupid thing signed so it's not just <laughs> sitting in my closet making fun of me every day I look in it. I don't care. I'm making that happen. I also asked about the roof uh, on both sides. Uh, there was a big story about Pablo, what Pablo Mauer put on The Athletic about the fact that uh, supposedly this offseason they were going to bring in the cranes and finish the roof. He didn't commit to that. Obviously, I'm not a I'm not a big swing in whatever with the tickets. I have two of the cheap the cheapest seats in the house. Um, he's not going to commit to anything like that. But he basically said, "We're there's a lot of stadium projects they're evaluating. I think they're triaging and deciding what they're going to do first. Personally, I think that's number one most important for all the people that are sitting in the front sections of both sides. Uh, though figuring that out would be important. I think it's a promise that you've got to fulfill." Um, I think that was it. I think it was the main the main sort of thrust. You didn't you didn't rip uh, into flow sports. No flow sports ripping. No, I mean whatever. I I have I just have no expectations for flow anymore. Like it's yeah. just like cable access. It's News Channel Eight and HD that streams sometimes or sometimes it chops out. <laughs> oh boy, got another uh, game on flow sports. That actually wasn't a big story. I guess the team's just kind of been mediocre, so there hasn't been much talk about flow sports or maybe or maybe we're just past the point of caring who knows who i knows? think so i think we all we all our, our hope for what it could have been is dead and it is what it is and it's it's going to be the, the thing for a while so i think we're just sort of over it um uh, at uh m rickling says does east does united even spring for charters kind of recalling our k days Goff doing a story that one of the only teams never to pay for a charter was dc I I don't recall a story about dc taking a charter i don't think that's ever been I, i'm trying to remember back I know that when they used to, when they, uh, this was in the RFK days when they took a plane uh, took a plane all the way to Indonesia, they were in coach uh, for that uh, to go play their Indonesian tour where they lost all of their games to Indonesian teams. Uh, that was fun, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think they do I don't think they do those things. I don't think they pay for it. Um, I got more. It makes you keep going with the chat. By the way, uh, you know, call in. Yeah, the number seven, is below. 7.03. We got about another seven minutes, and then and then uh, I think we'll, we'll we're gonna head out. So you got seven minutes to call back in. Do we want to? We didn't talk anything. I guess Loudon. Um, it, we we tried to cover them. Uh, they're playing pretty badly right now. About yeah. it's like a regression regression back to the mean. I guess would be what we would refer to this. Um, because they got a. I think it was a three one loss to um, uh, to Ottawa. Over the weekend, so um, yeah, Cristiano Francois, you longtime DC United head, will oh, remember man. he was supposed uh, to be the former... guy everybody was yelling about that we should sign, and he was going to be amazing, but he never turned out. No, was that someone else? I'm thinking about. I think I'm thinking of someone else. I think we I had think him on think... our roster for a little bit. Cristiano Francois was a drafted player. He played like two games. He went and ended up playing in like Baltimore after that. Uh, just a player that did not put it together for DC. Are you thinking of Christian Castillo? No, there was there was some there was some guy Chicago got, and I thought it was him, but it, it might be somebody else. But there was some guy. I think it was like I want to say it was like 
Joey or something. I can't remember his name, but I know everybody was yelling about him signing him, and then he turned out to be not like a nothing. So it didn't really so, matter. <laughs> so three games Loudon has had at home uh, since their opener. The draw that I was at the opener, the three three against Charlotte. Uh, the two one loss against the battery on Wednesday and the three one loss at Ottawa. The 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 defense has been bad uh all year. They tried to put Donovan Pines in there this last weekend. He started off horribly, horribly for the first 20 minutes. He looked like a guy who hasn't played a lot lately, who forgot how to play in a four back system. It was rough. He got better. Uh he did not look as good as he looked earlier in the year for Loudon or in the early parts of his DC tenure. The thing you got to expect with rookies is they're going to have uneven seasons. They're going to have dips, uh, just sort of grinding out and trying to make it through. Griffin Yao has not looked as good to me since he's come back from his time with DC. With Loudon, he is much more inclined to try. He, he He's developing a pattern where he comes down to the left side and pushes towards the middle with his right foot to shoot. And defenders have got the book on him already. So he's yeah. going to have to figure out a left foot situation uh, to make himself more more dangerous in the attack. The defense has to get better. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to get better. <laughs> they don't, it doesn't really, they're going to just try to maybe score more goals. But if this team wants to compete next year, um, they're going to have to, they're going to have to spend some more money on defense or they're going to draft a draft entirely from, although they already drafted a key more this year and let him go. So maybe we'll have to spend some money outside of the draft to, to reinforce that defense because it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, this is always going to be a project. I think. It was kind of neat. We were thinking like three weeks ago, like, oh, this team might make a blow into the playoffs. Maybe they're starting to put it together. And now it's like, oh, well, you know, that's not going to happen. Um, all the teams, like my all like playoff for like my lower division teams, Loud United and Richmond, were basically dashed today. Um, any hope of that happening was pretty much gone. Um, so it, it is what it is. But hopefully we'll see Loudon kind of build and grow and Ryan Martin there as coach. Um, I want to see – I would love for them, like, as soon as they're eliminated from the playoffs, just play as many academy guys as you possibly can. Just throw them all out there. Um, they're pretty much doing that now. Yeah. It's not It's not that far off. I think they made them um, – you know, Ted Pietro is the one guy who's only gotten a few minutes that I would have liked to see. I don't think he was up to the level yet. He killed it in the Dallas Cup, and I was like, very excited to see him. And then I I think he's just maybe not ready yet. Has um, the, I haven't looked at the attendance. Has the attendance kind of because they said they, the th- those three games were at home. So has it been a little uh, bit of a reg- aggression as far as attendance? Yeah, I mean Wednesday night's tough. Wednesday at seven o'clock is in Loudon is tough to get yeah. there. That's going to be their problem. Weeknight games are going to be just a, a no. They should try to kill as many as possible because they're just not going to get anything. Right. The Saturday game. Also, I think people have already figured out that one side has sun and one side does not. That <laughs> side that has sun, unfortunately. Is the side the cameras point at, and then uh, the other side is the, all the side everybody sits on. So that's that's the one down. And it's all it's all general admission, right? It's not all like, oh no, no, Ted. Oh. It is extremely not general admission. There is the the behind the goal sections are fifteen bucks in general uh. admission. There are seats for forty five dollars. There are seats for sixty dollars at a USL game. Yes, sir, that is happening. The problem here, Loudoun County, being one of the highest highest median inc- is the highest median income county in the country. So I mean, I would believe. I would sure as heck buy one of those fifteen dollars tickets. I would not buy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like yeah. a seat back, but I, I think I think once they realize that people are going to probably not pay that, they might readjust for next year, or maybe they won't. I mean, it's not like they have to spend a lot of money to recoup their expenses from a stadium perspective. They have to spend a little bit. Yeah. Um, there was a question earlier on in the chat about the field. The field has been replaced. Uh, that's cool. Uh, when I saw the picture of it, I said that I was not going to mention the fact that the. Uh, xfl is coming there next year i'm still not going to we'll nope. see it when it happens it's nothing we can do about it not happening Hopefully they've got i don't believe it i'm not going to talk about it doesn't yeah, exist the, it didn't ex- it didn't happen <laughs> uh any other questions in the chat no just a lot of comments i like that you guys are all talking to each other in the chat you're making your own little community yes uh, that's very nice Someone's saying they, uh, they they're not buying kicker season tickets. They when they move down to to League One, and I have opinions on that, but I will keep them to myself because this is not a Richmond Kickers podcast. But in my opinion, you should. What happened you to should, that? You should, what happened to that Tormenta FC guy that's in the ICU? Did you happen to catch that? I did not catch that. I missed that. I missed League, that entirely. League One aficionado. Apparently, I only I, I only follow, know that I follow the kickers and like I follow their. <laughs> there's games. only like six, there's only like three. Teams I've got to follow the there. spirit. I've got to follow 
I've got to follow Loudon. I've got to follow, you know, the, I've got to follow DC United. I got a lot of things I got to do. And, and I follow the kickers as well. And uh, I think uh, I think someone's yelling. We did not at, we did not answer a question. Um, and I think the question is, would you, uh, it's about eating mascots and whatnot and yeah. uh, fight teams of actual Red Bulls. Uh, we're going to we're going to leave the we're going to leave those for the chat to, to tackle. <laughs> yes. Um, but the only reason I know about the Tormenta thing was Shinya Kadano posted about it, and I uh, was curious. He's still in the ICU wow. multiple days after the fact, so hopefully he is okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we have t- we didn't we didn't preview games at all, but that's because we didn't have any guests to really talk about it at this point. Yeah. Uh, we're apolog- playing. Apologies playing, for that, you know, folks. That's my job, and I and I did not follow through I on don't, that job. It's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we're playing New York on Wednesday. I'll be there. We're playing yes. Philadelphia on Saturday. I will not be there because it's in Philadelphia. The buses are filled. We should have a good a good uh, host of uh, district ultras have sold out their bus. I think Barra might have sold out their bus. Yeah, and I'm the games, sure. the games in uh, the games in uh, Philly are always fun. I've gone to those a couple times, uh, and they're always fun games to to go to. Um, it's not a great place in that they play, but the stadium's nice. That is so fun times. Go to the bus. It, well, I guess the bus is sold out, but drive there if you can. Go to the game. <laughs> drive behind the, the bus. Drive behind the bus. Follow yes. the bus. Yes. Go to the game yeah. on Wednesday too. Uh, for some reason, we're playing like our biggest rival on a Wednesday. I still, I'm, I'm very angry about that because like that's like always a game I circle on my calendar, and I saw it was on a Wednesday, and I'm like, well, can go to that game, I guess. And I've already we like on spent though. been to two more games than I usually do too. So I'm, we, I'm, I'm we angry about Wednesday. that. Kyle Sheldon framed. We win on Wednesdays. He did. So we have to, we have to do that. Um, let's do some predictions to close out the show here sure. since we didn't get any more calls. Uh, New York Red Bull uh, game on Wednesday. They have had a bit of an up and down uh, last few games, similar to us, uh, draw it against New England th- last this, weekend. This game is high noon, I think, for D.C. Um, oh, yeah. If, if they can't get it together in this game and, and come out with three points in, in at least a semi-convincing fashion against a tough team, um, then I think this team is on its way as far as as far as uh, on the way down, um, if they can, this, I mean, this is going to be, this is sort of the, this is the, the absolute junction point. If you want to talk about any, any hopes of this team having a home game, the last team that's really competing for that home spot with them is going to be the New York Red Bulls. Uh, so these two games coming up, the the one at home and the one on the road, uh, four points minimum. I think you need out of these games, uh, a win and a draw um, in order to get this game. And the, the home game is the, your best chance to get a win, hopefully with better, a better field to play on. Yeah, the uh, yeah, you're right. This is the t- this is top four showdown here. Yeah. Uh, uh, then we're talking about just just eking in, and then I mean maybe that's what this team is uh, at this point. But we will uh, put that to rest. I think we'll put the top four to rest. Atla- Atlanta's change is hilarious, and yeah. we should all <laughs> learn a lesson from this. In that, when a good team starts poorly. It's not that they're bad; it's that they started poorly, and that does not mean that they're going to suck forever. Like the entire internet was saying, uh, they remembered they remember where their keys were, and they got in their car and they drove away, and they got good. So let's well, in the future, let's calm down a little bit about that. Well, mostly what, what's been interesting was what I've what I've sort of as I've as I've listened is that Frank DeBoer went into the team and started having this team sort of play defensively and start to really build that structure. So that's why they played really boring. And now he's starting to integrate the attack a little bit more. Um, so it's been a very much like a process where he went in and said, all right, I'm going to start over everything. You know, people just kind of assumed he would come in and just, you know, do what Tata did. Like he would really be a figurehead. And he said, no, I am going to be, I'm going to make this team in my own image. I don't have relegation to worry about. And I'm, that's what I'm going to do. And, to his credit, it's been successful. Um, or it's the DeBoer out Twitter account that has has been the reason for the turnaround. He did it. Who knows? <laughs> it manifested. It manifested the guy, positive by the, being insane. The guy, no one is sure whether it's a real account or a fake account. I think it's we're all fake. tending on the fake. But it's, for a while there, man, I don't know. Week was, one. Week <laughs> one, I was certain it was real. I was like, ha ha, Atlanta's the worst. But he trolled us all the way from week one. He did a good job so of it, uh, man. Hats off to him. Hats to yeah, him. seriously. The, the the rare the rare ironic Twitter account that I appreciate. That was I was appreciative. So let's uh let's make our predictions for for these games. So Red Bull on Wednesday. I'm gonna go with a two two draw. Uh, and I think that uh, I would not have to do goal scorers. Let's just say two two draw. I think that this team is uh will will come out will come out much more aggressively than they did 
and Vancouver. They're at home. They know this is a must-win game against the rivalry, but I think that the defense uh, is starting to show a little more creakiness, and New York is playing for the same sort of uh, the same sort of purpose at this point in the year. What do you think? I think a two-one win is what I'm going with. I, I think this is, and this is the last time I might be positive about a game um, because for DC, but I think this is a must-win for them. This is a, a chance to come home. Turn around, turn around the season, um, and I hope they and I think they can do it. I'm going to go with Kamara with both goals. I think he he gets he gets his foot on the end. Um, Same and, lineup. Uh, I don't know what the lineup's going to be to be honest. Um, I don't know if he'll try to rotate some guys. I don't know if Kamara gets the start. I don't think I think Kamara is probably going to be a second half sub, uh, depending on how the game is going. I think Acosta starts this game. Um, yep. I think I think you you can justify and you can sort of send the message that you know yes this has all been about rotation this has all been about you know yep. you know setting the lineup I think he I think Acosta if he doesn't get the start then I don't I don't think we're going to see Acosta start a single game coming up I think that's the that's it for him that's it for him um, Canals also apparently back in training yes good to see very good not, to see. I, not ready to go probably uh, but at least getting getting there and that's that's needed. Very needed. Uh, very, very much needed. Uh, for the Philly game, I'm going a 1-1 draw. I'm going to think we get a, a point out of this game. So We need to win that one, too, probably, after the Vancouver game. Especially if we're not winning that Vancouver game, not even get a point out of that Vancouver game. My opinion, necessitates a win, not only against Red Bull, but against uh, against Philly as well. Um, I think DC shows a little bit better in that game, though. Um, and I think they managed to get a point out of that. What do you have for that game? I got two. I got a 2-1 win there. I think that after they're, they just got embarrassed in their own house i'm hoping they have a little bit of fire for these for both of these games like you said but particularly philadelphia who made them look just absolutely ridiculous uh and was one of the was the worst was the worst game of the year so let's worst. let's hopefully I, I, worst I game i'd seen at audi field period like that was just yeah. awful <laughs> it snapped yep. it snapped my like unbeaten run at audi field i was hoping to extend that for a little bit longer but um yeah all right uh I guess with that, uh, thank you guys uh, so, so much for calling in. Uh, Twitter.com slash RFK Refugees. Uh, you can go to our Patreon page. And then also we got Facebook. Search the RFK Refugees podcast. Uh, I'm Ted. He's John. And we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.